0: Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. And the crowd that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. One of the last official acts that I had at my former congregation in New Jersey was to bury one of my predecessors. Congregations that have a former pastor as a member, it's sometimes a sticky situation. You either get along with them or you don't. Well, Otto Theodore Zeb and I got along very well. During my six years at Good Shepherd, we became fast friends. We were cut from the same cloth, kind of the conservative corner of the Missouri Synod, had a similar sense of humor, and enjoyed playing chess over a bottle of wine once every couple of months. And getting to know Otto as I did, I got to hear a lot of stories of his growing up. He grew up in a German-speaking home in the Bronx, back when the Bronx was full of Germans, and had a lot of uh, interesting stories to convey about his time of life growing up in the 20s and the 30s. And one of the stories I remember that sticks out is just that pristine setting of his childhood Christmases that he described. He and his siblings would go to bed on Christmas Eve after they went to church, and early Christmas morning, when the sun was rising, he remembers so clearly, remembered so clearly, his mother coming to him and his children in their rooms and their beds and waking them up and saying in German, Das Christkind ist gekommen. The Christ child has come. And naturally, as any kid would in any language, they woke up and ran downstairs and saw all of their presents pristine presented to them under the Christmas tree. And they celebrated the coming of God. Christ Jesus, into the world. We know that the season of Advent that we're beginning right now is about Jesus coming. But we're not talking about him coming in the incarnation, but rather the season of Advent is about his coming at the last day. We know that in the church we do kind of blur the lines a little bit between Advent and Christmas, and that's okay. We're going to be singing more Christmas hymns during Advent this year, by the way, just as a teaser for those midweek services. No, Advent though isn't about Christ coming at Christmas, at least not primarily. Advent is about Jesus coming at the end of all things, in the last day. And it's signified in our gospel lesson from Matthew about his coming into Jerusalem and the triumphal entry on the donkey. You see, at the last day, at an appointed hour known only to God the Father, the Son of Man will come again in glory. He... We'll put an end, finally, once and for all completely, to all evil, all death, and this sorrowful veil of tears that we now walk in. And he will bring his church, his elect, his chosen people, to eternal, unstoppable, unending blessedness with him. And so for that reason, it's good to look forward to it. It's good for Christians to think about the end, think about the last day, and be happy about it. Happy that it's coming, not uncertain, not weary, but joyous. Knowing that Jesus is coming back to take us to himself. Because we know that it is good to have the presence of God with us. As justified, reconciled people through faith, it is an absolutely wonderful thing to be in the presence of God. Of our God. But the thing is, friends, it's not just all in the future. Our presence with the Lord and his presence with us isn't just something that we're looking forward to far off in a distant future. You see, Christians do want to be with the Lord. We know his presence is a good thing for us. It means pardon, grace, love, fellowship, and forgiveness. Not a harsh judge, but a merciful father who pardons his children who have come back to him. And this is why Christmas itself, of course, is a joy. It's why we say we celebrate God coming to earth, and we're not kind of apprehensive or terrified about it, but we're happy about it because we know what that Christ child was born into this world to do. Jesus was born not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so we would gladly come and worship that Emmanuel, that God, with us. But here's the thing. Our yearning to be with God, it doesn't go unmet. Not unmet in the sense that we're just thinking about on Christmas an occasion that happened 2,000 years ago, far in the past. Or, in the case of Advent, an occasion that has yet to happen, his coming at the end... No, our yearning doesn't go unmet, because for the Christian who wants to be with God, we have that opportunity here and now in this life. It is a coming which is just as real, a presence of God with us that is just as concrete as the incarnation when our Lord was born into that manger in Bethlehem, and just as real as when he will come again at the end, just as grace-filled and peace-filled. Dear friends, I'm talking about his coming to us in the sacrament of the altar in the Lord's Supper. At the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus said to the disciples, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, that wasn't just a sentimental, I want you to feel good and I'm with you kind of in this fuzzy sense. No, that's not what he was talking about. You see, we know the reality of the ascended Christ into heaven to the right hand of the Father means that he has power and authority to fill all things, but not just that. Jesus being in heaven at the right hand of God the Father means he can be in the place, in the times where he said specifically that he would be. Moreover, he can be there in the unique way that he promised. On Maundy Thursday, Jesus gave his last will and testament to the disciples. He gave to them bread and wine, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, this is my blood. For what? For forgiveness for the forgiveness of all of your sins. When we gather together as Christians, then, in this life, ever since he instituted that supper and gave it to his church, whenever we gather together, breaking bread, we remember him and his passion and what he did for us, but the thing is, it's not just a memory meal. It's not a Christmas pageant where we're reenact, like a Christmas pageant where we are reenacting something that happened long ago just to recall it to mind. No, it is the time and the place where he says, I will come to my church. I will be according to my gracious presence with my church. God is still Emmanuel with us whenever we gather together around his altar, his table, present in his grace, his love, and his peace. Jesus Christ has several advents, several comings, and we ought not to overlook this one that I speak of today. We certainly ought not take it for granted or treat it like just any other church thing that we do. Jesus came into Jerusalem on the humble means of a donkey, and he was there with his people. He came to the world through the humble means of the lowly virgin in her womb, in the humble town of Bethlehem and certainly in the humble setting of a manger, in a stable, to be with his people. And Jesus Christ comes to us every time we gather and celebrate his supper, his people, through humble means of bread and wine, to be with his people. To be sure he will come again in great glory and that will be much more of a show, not humble means at all, To be with his people, and he will bring on that day eternal gifts of rest, joy, and bliss forever. But that day is not here yet. And as we look forward to that day, and we wait out our Christian lives in expectation and faithful hope in that day, let us gladly and frequently, as much as we can, come to the place where he says, I am with you. Let us come to his holy supper. Amen.